But um, open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter uh, number 5, and we'll continue in our study in the book of 1 Peter. It's, I wanted to finish this, but I guess we just will do that some other time. It's just a wonderful, wonderful study in studying the sufferings of Christ. And, um, but I believe we'll be in First Peter tonight. Lord, sell that in my heart. And we'll continue on. We've been in First Peter chapter number four. And we finished up chapter number four in just under a year and a half or so. And uh, so hopefully we'll continue on and get through First Peter in another six months. Uh, but chapter number five, uh, I'm in no hurry. I'm just waiting on Jesus to come. And um, I, I just uh, looking for, the Bible says, in hastening. And uh, even so, come Lord Jesus. I just want to be found faithful when he comes, doing what I'm supposed to be doing, being in the place that I have been uh, put uh, in his service, uh, and be found faithful when he comes. And uh, so First Peter chapter number four, we know, just catching up quickly, we know in First Peter um, what is being, uh, the majority of chapter four has been dealing with suffering. And uh, if there's ever been a time the people of God have been suffering, uh, in, in my age anyhow, it's been, um, you know, in these days we, that we live in now, and as we get closer to the end, uh, we'll see more and more suffering, different types of suffering. Uh, there are those that um, uh, in, in times gone by uh, were suffering more physically uh, and they're uh, being attacked for being uh, Christians. Uh, but we're suffering just the same uh, today. Uh, in some ways it's maybe even harder to be a Christian in prosperity than it is in being a Christian and being poor, not having much. But prosperity and time has nearly ruined us. And so we must be extremely careful. But anyhow, he's dealing with suffering. Uh, we looked at the, in chapter number four, we looked at the warfare uh, considered and uh, we armed our minds, arrested our members, anticipated the Messiah, acted from the manifold grace of God, and we are to appreciate the miserable. And that's how chapter number four ends, about in verse number 17 of 1 Peter 4. Uh, the Bible says, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them be, uh, the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God uh, commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. And uh, we talked some about that uh, commitment and how that was a banking term and how we are committing ourselves into the hands of our creator. And nowhere else in this world is your soul safer than in the hands of God. And so uh, we kind of ended things there and talked about keeping our souls uh, committed unto our Savior. He left us that same uh, principle. He taught us that same principle. Uh, he committed himself uh, in just the same way when he was upon the earth. And so we have to be committed and committed to our Father, committing our souls unto our faithful Creator. And um, that's sometimes often difficult to be committed in this total lack of commitment that we live in now. 
but uh, in this age that we live in today. But it doesn't have to be so with me and you. We can stay committed and keep our souls committed to the Creator. Uh, we're not committed to anybody or anything else. We are committing our souls to God, and uh, our souls will be kept there in well-doing uh, because He is a faithful Creator. And so that ended that chapter in dealing with the warfare. There's so much warfare going on in the mind. Uh, warfare, battling against your flesh, the desires, the lust, uh, battling against um, uh, the world, the Bible says. And so, so many battles that are taking place in the Christian life. And uh, I appreciate the exhortation and the uh, instruction we get after chapter 4 in dealing with suffering. And, uh, and we're supposed to be joyful through that, remember? Uh, be thankful even, the Bible says, in all things give thanks. And um, that's, that's, uh, that's good advice when you're giving it to somebody else, isn't it? But when you're suffering, that's about the last thing you want to hear. Well, be thankful. I get that urge that many of you know about, that urge to smack somebody. You ever heard me talk about that? Be thankful. Are you kidding me for this? Yeah, be thankful. It could be a lot worse. God's, God's been good, is good, and shall be good to us, and it could be a whole lot worse. So we need to be thankful uh, for what God's done for us. And be thankful we're counted worthy to suffer uh, and identify ourselves with our great Savior. And so he ends chapter number four in dealing with that kind of suffering, and we began just a glimpse in to chapter number five and looked at the worker's clothing. And uh, so we get that on down into the verses, uh, into the chapter here. Uh, but let's start out because I want to deal with some things that I began to deal with in chapter 5 and verse number 1. Uh, it says this, the elders which are among you I exhort who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker uh, of the glory that shall be revealed. So Peter did not consider himself uh, the first pope. He didn't consider himself greater than any man uh, or any other preacher. He was just a servant of the Lord and uh, he was clothed with humility, but he had to learn that through suffering. And so regardless of what any religion holds Peter up as, Peter said, I'm just also an elder like there's others upon the earth. I'm not greater than any other man on planet earth, but there's many that have made him out to be something that he's not. But you didn't get that from Peter, right? Uh, that's not what Peter said. And so Peter uh, goes on to says, the elders which are among you exhort. And so he's going to give some instruction uh, in speaking to the workers' clothing and talking about, in the ending of this chapter, uh, he's going to be talking about being clothed with humility. And he begins where uh, we should always begin in leadership and dealing with the pastors. I believe this word elder is not referring to age. I believe this word is referring to the same uh, bishop pastor. It's talking about uh, those words are used interchangeably in our New Testament. And so I believe he's talking about preachers. So if you'll allow me just for a minute, uh, would you uh, enjoy me preaching to myself? That would be entertaining, wouldn't it? Uh, but that's what happens. I have to preach these messages to myself first. But here's what God says. And uh, us as pastors, we should, uh, number one, uh, be feeding the flock of God, Right? And so any pastor that's exalted himself to a position uh, to demand undying, unquestioning, lo uh, unquestioned loyalty from people is completely out of the will of God. Amen. Go ahead and say amen right there. 
Uh, there are certain groups, uh, there are certain independent Baptists, even uh, living today, uh, that believe you never question authority. Uh, man's authority does not go any further than this King James Bible. And uh, any man, I don't care who he is, I don't care what college he's from, or what part, or what group he's with or associated with, no man is greater than this Bible. His authority he gets from the Bible. So anybody in a position of leadership that instructs you to do things that are contrary to your King James Bible, you just go ahead and tell him no. Right? Respectfully, sir. Right? Very respectful. I'm not doing any damage to the office. Uh, But there's been some teachings that have put men in positions that they do not belong in. Yes, the elder and the bishop and the pastor uh, is certainly uh, over uh, the overseer. He's going to deal with that here in just a moment. Uh, But we must keep ourselves and uh, you must uh, keep yourselves always in remembrance uh, that a pastor and a preacher is a man. And when you exalt him to a position beyond where God's put him, he's subject to like passions as you are. That doesn't mean that the office is to be respected or disrespected. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, But that man's authority comes from God, and it's outlined in this Bible, right? And so uh, you've got to remember, you know, because I've seen, why do you say that, preacher? I'll say it because I'll say this. Um, uh, there's a church, well, I won't mention that, but um, a lot of people, they put preachers in a position, so when something happens and that preacher does something wrong, it totally destroys their whole world. Well, that shouldn't shock you, that preacher's a man. He's just, he's a man, right? That's not doing damage to his God, his call of God on his life and uh, the position God's placed him into the church in any way, but he's a man. And if you put him in a position in your mind that you've held him up to be some super saint that's beyond reproach and beyond uh, possibly ever falling, you're going to be extremely let down when he lets you down because he will, right? Don't put a whole lot of stock in men, in people. You won't be so let down, Right? There's great respect given, and there's great uh, authority given, even in the scriptures here. Uh, But I've seen too many people that have uh, been in church, and they were faithful, and then a preacher did something, uh, a man of God did something, and then they used that in their life to to get them completely out of church. So when you go witness to them and say, hey, won't you come to church? Well, I'm not going down there because this preacher did something. Well, you're never going to find the perfect preacher. Right? So we have to remember the elders that are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder, verse number two, what's that uh, man's number one responsibility? And so I want to look at just a couple of verses here from the Bible and just talk about just just a moment and deal with just a couple of things talking about the bishop, the pastor, um, and his responsibility in the church. Number one, his responsibility in the church, we ended here last week, is to feed the flock of God. Right? So he cannot fail you. When you pray for your pastor, you pray that God would help him to rightly divide the word of truth, that he'd be able to feed your family the Bible. 
right? I don't want him to come up with new ideas and new programs to entertain my children. I want him to feed my family the word of God. That's what I want him to do. And he can fail to show up at my surgery, but he better not fail to feed me the Bible, right? He cannot fail. It's vital that he stays in his position and his priorities to feed you the flock of God. See, you're not the flock of Tabernacle or the flock of Clinch. You belong to God. You're not mine. You don't belong to me. Right? I'm a caretaker. I've been entrusted to watch over you and to, and to uh, do things like that. But you belong to God, the chief shepherd. <laughs> That's who you belong to. And, uh, and so uh, we got, I, I want to look at that just quickly. But I want to reiterate that again. Uh, that the number one responsibility that I have or any pr- uh, pastor has is to feed the flock of God. I may forget to call you this week. I, I may text you. I may not text you. I may, I, there's a lot of things I may fail at. But by the grace of God, I don't want to ever fail this church in feeding the flock of God. Right? Which is among among you is what he says. So I, it's not my responsibility to feed other flocks. I feed the flock of God, which is going to make me oversee it, right? And so we got to look at these verses quickly. Uh, that excites me some. I, I want any, any pastor that don't want to do that has got a problem, right? It is, it is the great desire of my heart to feed the church. That's what God's put in there. A real love for you, just like uh, uh, we're family. A family love that he's put in there in my heart. Uh, to, and to feed you, uh, not my ideas, uh, not news clippings, uh, not anything else, but feed the flock of God, the Word of God. That's what you need nourished upon, built up on, and that's what you're going to get by the grace of God. Right? We might not have Super Bowl night. We do have the TV out there, but don't ask. I wouldn't, I would, hey, you couldn't pay me $100 to watch them uh, yahoos run up and down the field and stomp on our flag and disrespect this country. Amen. Now that was a rabbit that needs to be let go. Feed the flock of God, which is among you. And so uh, I want to look just a moment more uh, dealing with this uh, passage here. Feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight uh, thereof. And so he gives some instruction to the man of God. Say, well, why is that important to me? I'm not a pastor. Uh, Well, for two things. Number one, uh, it can be beneficial for you to know how to pray for your pastor, right? You know what his responsibility is. You know what he's thinking and what God's put in his heart and what he is supposed to be accomplishing. So he can teach you uh, how to pastor, uh, I mean, how to uh, pray for your pastor. Uh, but it will also help you to see how you can help him. Do you believe that as a church? It's my job to help you and you're supposed to help me. And you can't do that if you're not here. And I can't feed you if I'm not here. Right? Oh, me. Feed the flock of God, which is among you, take on the oversight thereof. So you'll notice now, let me just say quickly a couple of things before we go into these other verses, taking the oversight thereof. And so most of our churches, uh, we know this, it's not taken to an ungodly degree, uh, but uh, there's no evangelist that is, uh, 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 according to this verse, that is to take the oversight. Now, I'm not saying that for your purposes, but there's a lot of purposes that needs to be said. As there are some evangelists who don't think that they have to uh, heed themselves to a pastor, but they should. Nobody's above submitting themselves to the local church, right? 
And so you've got to understand that if the Bible tells a man, according to the scripture, to take the oversight, and, 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 and uh, 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 it's not you, and you're not an elder, well, that means that you're supposed to submit to him that has the oversight, right? So I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear a preacher that won't submit to a pastor, and I'm not going to let one preach to our people who won't be faithful to a church either. Who wants to hear a preacher preach, an evangelist preach? Uh, where's, where are these rogue evangelists tithing at? You say, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it's all right. And Brother Eagle, it, it bothers me. I think, I, think, I think an evangelist ought to, be, uh, ought to heed himself to a local church. I think he ought to tithe. I think he ought to give demissions through his local church. And I think he ought to submit himself to a pastor that has the rule over and watches over his soul. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And if that's good for the, uh, the church people and, uh, that are in the pews, that's good enough for a preacher. That's an evangelist, right? There's no deacon, there's no evangelist, there's nobody referenced as overseeing and ruling in a church but a pastor, right? Amen. And thank goodness that uh, we can say that and get a lot of amens here. A lot of places that ain't so. He didn't call a group of men to do it. Oh, me. Now, at the same respect, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. Look at what he says here. He says, not by constraint, but willingly. Now, uh, just let me get through that quickly, and I'll go move on to some other verses. But uh, nobody should force me. A pastor shouldn't give up his uh, uh, responsibilities to rule, right? I've seen people say, well, I just preach, and I'll let them run it. That's not what the Bible said. The Bible didn't tell us in our home, men say, well, I don't like confrontation and my wife's a better leader anyway, so I just let her run things. No, you're not supposed to do that, right? Same thing in a church. Nobody should force me to have to take the oversight and the responsibility to do my job, right? That's where God's put me. It's what I'm supposed to do as a pastor. And I'm not supposed to give that over to anybody. And that responsibility, I'm supposed to take that and, and do that, right, as a pastor. So it should be willing, a willing thing, not being forced to do it. And just a man as a, that's a pastor shouldn't be doing it for filthy lucre. He shouldn't be swayed by people's money. Amen. I've seen people, well, they're good tithers. You better not preach on that. They might leave. Well, if God don't have the money to make up for them, we're all in trouble. Right? And you, so, so people can't expect to, uh, well, not, uh, not the preacher not to say something about something that you're doing because you're a good giver. If you're a good giver, God bless you, but that don't get you away from Bible preaching. Right? And so uh, Now, that's not more for you. That's more for a pastor because it does run through his mind uh, sometimes to so be careful. But this pastor uh, is supposed to be faithful to feed you the Word of God regardless of all of those things, right? Money and all of those things shouldn't uh, sway him. Uh, he should willingly take the oversight out of the love that God's put in his heart for the church, right? And so that's what we should be looking for, man, uh, that will do that. That's what we should be praying for uh, in a pastor, a man that will feed the flock of God. God uh, that is among you, taking the oversight. He uh, ought to be doing that, ought to be taking the oversight thereof and not give that over to a deacon board. He is supposed to take the oversight thereof, uh, not by constraint. He should willingly be doing it and not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Now, let me say this same word is only translated one other time in our Bible uh, in, uh, in the book of Hebrews, this word oversight. And so I want to uh, look at this in Hebrews chapter number 12. So turn to Hebrews chapter number 12 and uh, uh, let's look at something quickly in Hebrews 12. 
uh, where this uh, word is also translated, uh, taking the oversight thereof. And here's where it's translated in verse number 15. It's also translated looking diligently. See, a pastor is more than just a preacher. He, you know, he's got to do more than that. He feeds the flock of God, but then he's also got to do this. And we'll get into these verses. He's got to look diligently in taking the oversight. So I got to have some help. Tyler, come, come on up here. Hunter, come on up here. Cody, you got to help me too. Come on. Don't look at me like that. Now, I want you all to start down here. Because this is what this verse is saying, and I'm going to read the Bible. Start down here, single file. You know how to do it. Can you follow instruction? All right, now watch this here. Now, here's what the pastor's got to be done. <laughs> you all love me for this. Come on, you got to love me. God will get you if you don't. Watch this. Now, the pastor, the Bible says, looking diligently, overseeing. Here's what he's got to be doing. So we're walking and we're traveling this road of life as they sing, uh, the young people sing, trusting God, uh, following him, and we're going down this road of life. And here's what the pastor's doing. Start walking down here to this other side, Tyler. Start walking down through here. Hold up! There's something, you're going to trip. Look at the verse in Hebrews 12, 15. Lest any of you fail of the grace of God. Looking diligently. Here's what the pastor must be doing. I don't want you to fall. Come on, what are you doing back there? Get up here. Like a bunch of Baptists. Won't even stand together. I'll make you hold hands if you don't. There's a snare right there. Right? There's something in the way. I don't want you to fall, Brother Tony. I don't want you to fall. My job is to be watching over your soul. So I'm, I'm supposed to be praying and be watching, see how you're doing, checking on you. See, watching how you're walking down through there. Now, I'm walking too. I got to walk too. I lead by example. Well, I'm not, I'm not uh, lording over you, and I'm not driving you from behind. I'm leading by example, but I'm doing it almost like them soldiers would march beside their, what did you call them, Brother Courier? Them marching sergeants. What they, they would stand beside them and march and have them say stuff. But he's a watching them and how they're doing, wouldn't he? Yes, thank you. Did he let you miss one step? And if you did, it was trouble, wasn't it? Amen. You better watch it. That's not how I'm supposed to be. I'm looking diligently. So you're supposed to be watching for yourself. And you're supposed to be watching out for the snares. And you're supposed to be looking, but you might miss something. And God's put somebody in your life that loves you. And, 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 and it represents uh, uh, you to Christ. He, he prays on your behalf. He's watching over your soul. And when you're walking down, and maybe you've missed that one, and you know why? He's not a novice, see, because he's done been down this road, and he's seen that snare long when you got there, and he wants you to watch out for it. Now, he don't love you if he just lets you trip over that thing, would he? Now, if I knew that was laying there, and I let you walk down here and trip in front of all these people and embarrass yourself, would you be upset with me when we got in the car? Huh? You knew that thing was there, Daddy. You didn't even tell me. I'd be mad. So watch it. Going around it. Watch out for that. It'll hurt you. Hold on just a minute, Hunter. Listen, I don't want you to fail. God loves you. He gave himself for you. You're tired, aren't you? You're weary. See, that's what we do. We get in this Christian life. Unless we grow weary and faint in the mind, the pastor's there. He gets something out of the Word of God, and he preaches to you something from the Bible and encourages you along the way. Hey, I want you to keep it up. Remember, God loves you. We're going to Jesus. He's coming at any moment. We're going to hear his voice. Just keep on trucking. Come on, keep walking. That's what a pastor's supposed to be doing. 
Right? That's what this elder's supposed to do. Oh, I'm not forgot you, Cody. Don't you worry. One thing. I saved the best for last. Look at verse 15. In verse 15, he says, lest any root of bitterness springing up in you. So here's the pastors watching. Now, you're not supposed to let that bitterness get in your heart, right? You're supposed to deal with that. But if I love you and I'm watching out for you, I start noticing, hey, something bothering you, isn't it? You never have liked Hunter, really. I've noticed that. You've gotten bitter, haven't you? Boy, don't get bitter. Don't fail. I don't want you to fall. You know why? It'll, it'll hurt you and it'll defile many. And he starts instructing you from the word. That's what the elders, that's what the pastor's supposed to be doing. You cut yourself off from that, you're cutting yourself off from one of the greatest resources God wants in your Christian life. A pastor that really loves you and cares for you. It's not, I'm not ruling over you with dominion. I, I'm not a Gentile Lord. I'm a helper. I'm helping your faith. I, I'm be, uh, the Bible says, yeah, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith. That's how Paul felt about people. It, it, it might, I love you so much, it might even be better for me to go see Jesus and to depart to be with the Lord. But it's much more needful for you than I remain. Now, that's not true with me, but it was true with Paul. All right, that was fun. Y'all sit down. Until the next time. And so that elder, and so he's watching, Brother Eagle, that pastor, he's preaching, he's feeding the Word of God, but it doesn't stop there. He's watching, and he's looking, and he's saying, look, boy, you look down. I, I see it on your face. You're discouraged, aren't you? Right, that's what, that's what he'll be. Watching over your soul is he that must give an account. Now we're going to get to that verse. And so that saying, looking diligently, that's how I, I ought to be. That's how the pastor ought to be. Looking diligently, taking the oversight thereof. And so let's look at just a couple of verses. I'm just going to give you a couple, uh, and many be defiled, and we'll leave Hebrews. Go back to First Peter and take just about 10 minutes that are left. And... Uh, let me read you some of these uh, verses here. Most of you know them, but it's good to go back over them. Uh, so I'll just give them to you, and we won't, we won't turn to them tonight. Uh, the the uh, pastor, the elder, the bishop uh, in the church is responsible for teaching, um, and he's acting as a shepherd uh, of the church, right? And so he is uh, looking in Acts 20, 28 uh, through verse 30, really. Uh, the Bible says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. Right? So we're not doing things my way. We're supposed to be doing things Jesus' way. And I'm just supposed to be getting headquarter, uh, uh, orders from headquarters. Right? Well, this is good. This encourages me. That God even let me be a part of this. Now listen, we got to move on. I can't get held up again. Ephesians 4. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And here's what he gave them for. Remember the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. So the man of God is to be out to teach and teach and preach and uh, uh, feed the flock of God, number one. And he's responsible for what is being taught. Uh, according to Titus, if you look at Titus chapter number one, uh, the pastor's overseeing the teaching of the church. If there's a Sunday school teaching something that's uh, heretical, it's his responsibility to watch out for that, right? And put a stop to that. 
So he's got to have the oversight over those things so that he can make sure those false teachings don't continue and deceive many, the Bible talks about, that there's many vain talkers and deceivers, and they're trying to draw people into themselves by teaching a bunch of foolish stuff. But if you've got a faithful shepherd, he doesn't want you to be led astray, and he'll be watching over what's being taught, make sure you don't get taught wrong. Right? So... He's involved in almost every aspect of the teaching, the preaching of the church. Uh, and according to Titus, according to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter number 14, uh, he's a spiritual protector in the church. He protects from false teaching. Uh, for I know that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Wow, what a pastor. What a heart that man had. Preaching and warning and telling people, hey, be careful what you're listening to. Say, well, I don't need a pastor for that. Well, help yourself. But here's what, the, here's what I, I've learned and seen over the years. There's things a pastor knows that you don't know. I've used this example, and I don't mean embarrass Amber, but she got to listening to a man uh, online one time, and I've, I've told this before, but she got to listening to him, and he, w- he had the right labels, brother. Preacher, he had the independent, fundamental, King James, premillennial, you know, he had all the right labels. He it was an absolute nut. Stephen Anderson, he still is a nut. But what he was teaching and preaching was kind of okay. And my wife was like, hey, you need to listen to this guy. It's pretty good. And I said, oh, don't listen to him anymore. She didn't know. Right? Somebody asked me a little while ago, said, well, why don't you uh, um, get involved with this thing? I'll tell you why. Because they don't preach the gospel. That's why. And I'm not standing with that crowd. He said, well, I didn't even know that. See, there's certain things that the, uh, the preacher that will know that God will let him in on. And that, that, that's just the age. It doesn't make him better than you in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Right? It's just a different role in the body. Woo! I love it. I love it. God loves me so much. He came and indwelled me. And then he also gave me a gift from us. Already gave me a pastor to love and watch over me and make sure I stand perfect in Christ Jesus. That's how much God loved me. So much he loves you. He gave you somebody just as crazy. No, I'm kidding. I'm kind of not kidding, but I'm kidding. We're online, so I'm kidding. Neither being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. So he's a spiritual material from false teaching. He's watching over those things, going to Titus. And that includes even the music ministry. It talks about in Colossians chapter 3, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Why? Because uh, look at that verse said, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns. There's teaching involved in singing. Brother, Brother Reed spends lots and lots of time trying to pick out the right hymns that are biblical. He'll tell me, I don't know how many times, say, I'm not singing that one. It's not biblical. I like that, don't you? There's teaching in music. And so we got to be careful what's being sung, right? I don't want to get some kind of false belief because I heard it in a song somewhere, right? All right, we're going to move quick. Five minutes. We've got five minutes. 
Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. I want to I uh, uh, go with this one. Uh, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. And say, well, I don't like that submission. Well, uh, the, you know, the pastor submits himself to you too. We're submitting to each other. Right? That doesn't make you lesser than the pastor because you're not a pastor. You see, be not many masters. Known that, you know, they have a greater condemnation. Now, look at what this double... Uh, Look at what's given to you, okay? Obey them that have the rule over you. Submit yourselves. Here's what that pastor's doing. If he's a real man of God and he's been called by God, he watches for your soul. And he does it as, that, as one that must give an account that he may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So there's profit for you and there's profit for me. There's joy in it for me that I may watch over your soul with joy. And there's profit for you in it because I'm watching over your soul. And so there's a profit or there can be a loss. I do it with grief and then you don't get watched over. Right? So there's a mutual benefit here. Right? You submit to me and I submit to you. And we're serving each other, trying to help each other grow in the faith, grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. I want you to do, I want God's called you and give you a job to do if you're saved. Right? So I want to help you do your job best you can do. You want to help me do the best job I can do. And I don't want to make that hard on you to do. Right? I want you to enjoy doing it. Right? Amen. Now put a smile on. It's all right. It's wonderful. Now, look here. This is exciting. I want to get to one verse and we got to go home. Now, does that make you feel any better when I say that? We got to go. You getting a lot of head shakes? No. Well, I, at least I'm trying to make you feel like it's ending. <laughs> we had a little long today. We'll, we we got to go quickly. Most of you know these things, but it's good that we cover them, uh, that it's profitable for you. Uh, and so we look at uh, um, that he does it with uh, humility, and um, uh, we'll go through that here in just a moment. But I, I want to give you these verses quickly uh, that continue to mention this. Um, and talks about and the things that we know. Uh, remember them that have the rule over you, have, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. And so evidently this pastor is leading you along the way. He's not driving you. He's not uh, do as I say and not as I do kind of fella. He's leading the charge. He's not going to tell you to do something that he won't do, right? Just like our children. We can't expect our children to be any more spiritual than we are. Right? We tell our children how to get up and pray every morning. We ought to get up and pray every morning. Tell our children how to read the Word of God. We ought to read the Word of God. Right? Amen. Lead the way. And so uh, we uh, see in First uh, Peter uh, 5 talking about this, uh, Hebrews 13, 7. Um, and I want to mention this, and I'll read this quickly in Mark 10. Here's what Jesus said uh, is like the rulers in the lost world. You know that they which uh, are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And their great ones exercise, listen to this word, exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you. Whosoever shall be great among you shall be your minister. Whosoever you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. Boy, that's good. I don't hear many preachers preaching that, do you, Brother Eagle? It's usually just dress right, talk right, look right. Smell right, sound right, and I appreciate all those things, but there's a whole lot more to it. I'm supposed to be watching over your soul, taking heed uh, there too, because you belong to God. 
And I want to see you be the best Christian you can possibly be. And anything I can do to help you do it, I want to be available for you to be the best Christian you can be and go as far with God as you want to go. Mm, it's exciting. Now, we got we to gotta go. Has authority. No, I, I'm joking. I remember them to have the rule over you, obey them, have the rule, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Uh, these are wonderful things. These are, this is nothing like uh, what some people uh, argue and fight against. But uh, listen, listen to why uh, Jesus just said what he did. Here's what he expects me to be. A bishop must be blameless. He's a steward of God. And here's what he's not. He's not self-willed. So what I'm teaching and what I'm preaching ought to be from the Bible, not Clintology 101, right? Well, I think you ought to do this, and I think you ought to do that. Well, it really don't matter a whole lot what you think. What matters is what's in this Bible, right? Well, I think everybody just does the best they can. Well, think what you want to. Just, just I think everybody ought to, that, that can go on forever. Opinions, uh, just uh, what are we supposed to be teaching and preaching? Not the tradition of men, but just preach the Bible, right? <laughs> so he's not self-willed. He's leading from a position uh, of where the uh, Spirit of God's working through him. He's a steward of God over God's people. And uh, I'm going to get through these. We're not going to go to diatrophies and these others uh, that are in the church, but Here's a, here's a great couple of verses here uh, that talk about uh, how the, uh, the steward of God, he's a minister. Um, I, I don't want to continue on in those because we do really. Um, he's like a father, like a loving father. Listen to, listen to Paul in, here in Ephesians. But we were gentle, I mean, First Thessalonians. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you, not just the gospel of God only, but also our own souls. Why? Because you were dear unto us. Boy, that's how it ought to be, folks. I've seen a lot of preachers. I know some of the best preachers. In our day, Brother Eagle, would you not say we've got some of the best preaching? And when it comes to just preaching, more availability to preaching and more understanding of theological truth and facts and, and intelligence. And, and uh, as far as those things go, we've got some of the best outlines and messages that have ever coming out. But it's a whole lot more than just simply uh, charging and proclaiming and preaching. There's also, Paul said it went beyond that. I love you. You're so dear to me. I'd go beyond I'm just giving you the gospel. I would impart my own soul to you. Right? That's the way Paul felt. Boy, what a man of God. You want to love people like that? I know I do. Instead of just having all these expectations, I'd impart my own soul to you. That's what he said. There's the, there's the, there's the example. Uh, uh, we got to... Let's see here. I want to give you one verse before we have to go home tonight and get through those um, uh, verses. I've got so many here uh, that are given, uh, uh, talking about the pastor's uh, role and responsibility in the church. Um, and uh, let's see. Uh, he shows no partiality. I charge thee therefore before God the lecture. Observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. And he ought to have this kind of wisdom in James chapter 3. Wisdom that is from above. It's pure. It's peaceable. It's gentle. Easy to be entreated. Full of mercy. Good fruits. Without partiality and without hypocrisy. Whew. 
That's a lot of expectations on a man, isn't it? And then let me read you this, and then I promise you we're done tonight. I, his goal and his aim is to build people up, not to destroy them. Um, it's giving liberty to people uh, to do God's will and exercise their gift. Uh, God's gifted many people in the church beyond just the preacher, right? He gave gifts unto men, and he's gifted all of us to do things in the church. There's teachers, and there's uh, all kinds of those gifts that he lists there. And uh, we even covered those in Romans talking about various gifts. And my, my responsibility is to enable you and allow you to exercise those gifts freely, right? Not to obstruct you from being able to do what you want to do in the Lord. Uh, and so let me just give you this verse quickly. This is a great verse. Um, that is 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 and uh, verse number 8. Listen to what the man of God said. For though I should boast somewhat what more of our authority which the Lord has given us. The pastor and a church has authority, right? Everybody say amen. Here's what that authority is for. So I've given you this authority. Here's what God, Paul said. God's given me this authority. But here's what my authority is for. This is a great verse for churches. He's given us this authority for edification and not for your destruction. Well, that's a great verse. So I got, I got to be at liberty to be able to do what God's moved on my heart to do so that you can be edified and built up and be at liberty to exercise your gifts, right? I'm not to beat you down and destroy you. I've, I've felt that way before under some preaching. <laughs> can somebody nod ahead before? I've done some of that preaching. Some, I've got some friends here tonight that were... Got the joy to hear me when I first got saved, Brother Eagle, and got called to preach. You talk about having to endure some stuff. Whew. You talk about they feel with love and put up with me and listen to that kind of preaching. I just straightened everybody out. Everybody was wrong and I was right. And, uh, but here's what he said that authority's for. He said, I, I, you know, I got, give the man of God authority. Paul said, I've got authority and I'm not going to exercise that authority over you for your destruction, but for your edification. Looking, actively looking for ways to edify you and build you up. Not to destroy, it's not the preacher's job to destroy you. Now, if you're in sin and you're living foolishly and living in contrary to everything against his mind, I'm not destroying you by preaching against it. So don't try to bring that up, right? But our job's to edify you and build you up, right? Not to hurt you and destroy you. So when the devil, why are you saying all that, Brother Clint? Because here I know I've been, I just what the devil will do to you, and I'm done. This will make you feel better. The devil will come along and say, that man's just beating you down. He's negative. He's just, and has the devil ever done that, whispered stuff like that in your ear? Nothing's ever good enough for him. Neither. Young people, you ever think that about your parents? They'll never be satisfied. Nothing's ever good enough. They hate me. <laughs> Some of them are smiling. What about it, young people? The devil ever come by and say, well, your parents don't even care about you. All they're doing is negative. You can't do nothing right. Well, that's not true. And sometimes we ought to be more encouraging. But the fact that they, that they are, are doing their best to warn you to watch out for these snares and, and try to guide you through the walk of life and see you live a successful life and keep you out of sin and keep you away from trouble proves that they love you. They're not trying to destroy you. 
Well, it hurts when they say, I know that. Nobody likes it. Uh, I don't like it either. But I thank God for somebody that will take the Bible and preach the absolute living devil out of me. <laughs> Amen. And we're going home. Boy, this is wonderful. Wonderful. I just love it. I don't know about you. I love, I'm telling you, God's helped me. God's given me a pastor. I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for his teaching and his preaching from the Bible. In my opinion, he's the greatest preacher walking this earth, breathing God's air. Thank God for a pastor. Don't let the enemy turn you against you, pastor. Right? If he really loves you and he's feeding you. Right? And then I got to be careful he don't try to do the same thing to me. You think he works on a pastor the same way? Oh, yeah, he does. We've got a cunning, mean, relentless enemy, don't we, Brother Reed? I've talked to these older preachers, and he said the devil's done them the same way. He'll, he'll convince them people are against it. He's, listen, that's why he said arm your mind. He's trying to destroy everybody in this building. And the last thing I need is you joining him, trying to help him. And the last thing you need is for me joining him, trying to destroy you. We're supposed to be helping each other. Right? Amen. Lord, we love you. Thank you for giving us pastors and preachers and teachers and Lord, we thank you for all the gifts you've given to the church, those that uh, sing to the edification of the body and those that show mercy, those that give. There's so many gifts given amongst the church, uh, just a, a various massive amount of gifted and talented people here tonight. No telling what all people can do here in this building. We thank you for it. We Nothing that we have that we have outside of the grace of God. So thank you for what you've done for us in Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to serve. And I pray, Lord, you'd help us to be faithful to our calling, whether we be a pastor, Sunday school teacher, I don't care if we're cleaning, whatever, we're, whatever it is that we're doing, playing instruments, just anything we're doing for the Lord, help us to do it faithfully till you come. We love you, Lord. Thank you for those that are here tonight. There be any in our midst that are lost without Jesus. We pray especially for them, Lord. Help them to get saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand to your feet. And we'll have a verse if you need to come, you come on.